Welcome to the Accent Training Podcast, a podcast where I teach you to take your spoken English skills to a whole other level. My name is Pat. I'm from Canada, from Toronto, living down in Mexico, and today I've got a real treat for you folks. Today I interviewed a friend of mine, Mrs. D. Gilpin, who is a job interview expert. Now, she's not a job interview expert because she's been to many job interviews. She's a job interview expert because she has worked in recruitment for many years. She has helped English-speaking professionals for decades, and she has taken the opportunity today to give some advice to all of my listeners to help you go into your next job interview with full confidence in your communication skills. Honestly, my favorite part of today's episode is when she gives a very clear outline for how you can answer the question, what is your greatest weakness? This question stumps everybody in a job interview. Whether English is your first language or not, most people hesitate with this answer because it's like you're trying to sell yourself in a job interview. But then they ask you a question which makes you consider your faults and where you may be lacking. So make sure that you listen all the way through for a sound understanding of how you can prepare yourself for a job interview. And so without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to D, our job interview expert. Enjoy, folks. So I've got with me today D. And Dee is an expert in job interviews. She mm -hmm. has guided people through this process many times over. And she's here to share with us today some tips to make sure that you have confidence going into your interview. So good to speak with you today, Dee. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you, Patrick. Thanks for doing this. I love this topic and I'm happy to talk about it. How would you describe yourself to our audience? Um, what type of experience do you have in this field? And, and how can you help my, uh, my listeners here today? I'm a mature human being. So I've had a lot of years experience, maybe not mature in every way, but um, I've had about, I guess, altogether, maybe 25 years experience, specifically working in something called the executive search business, which is... Basically, some people call it headhunting, which is hmm, used to be considered an insulting name, but it's not anymore. It's recruiting, basically. So I was a recruiter, but I worked mostly at hmm, kind of director levels and above. So fairly senior executives for most, almost all of that time. And then prior to that, I worked for about 10 years as, as an actor and sometimes a bit of a voice coach. Yeah, so about 25 years almost all in that executive search level. But there are quite a few things that uh, can can transfer to other levels as well. Are there any specific professions that you would work with more than others? Um, for example, was it more in the educational sector or or regarding engineers or Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I started my career for the first in, in when I was working in job search or recruiting, headhunting, whatever you call it. I started with a, a very generalized sort of industry uh, profile. I worked with 
almost any industry, private sector or public sector. And as the years went on, I began to specialize in more of a client base that was oriented towards public sector. So government, NGOs, healthcare, universities, some kindergarten to grade 12 school systems, independent school systems. And as the years went on, uh, I became more and more specialized in those areas. And in the last few years, sort of a an even more of a niche that I specialized in was academic work and healthcare and sort of scientific research um, institutions. Right. Well, hopefully you can uh, share a little bit of what you learned, at least in the interview process with us here today, because mm-hmm. everybody's got to go through that at some point. If you don't at least try to get a job at some point, you're not going to get a lot done in life. And, and so let's mm-hmm. see how we can help people prepare for that. First off, I'd like to ask you, what steps can someone take to prepare for a job interview in English? Do you have any recommendations to start that out? It's a whole separate issue kind of before the interview process is making sure that your profile out there is really good through your resume, your LinkedIn, um, and any other sort of social media that that you use professionally. So that's actually the very first step, because if that isn't pretty good in English already, I strongly recommend using a professional translator. Um, If that isn't really well done, then you won't even get your foot in the door for an interview, possibly. Sometimes you get lucky and maybe it's, you know, you know someone who knows someone and maybe that resume doesn't end up being as important, Uh, but usually it's fairly important as a preliminary step. And then to prepare for that job interview in English, assuming that we're talking about people whose native language is not English, it's practice, practice, practice. Anyone you can practice with, whether it's a platform online that you might have to pay for, there are meetup groups, so the, the app, the meetup app. Um, sometimes has groups and sometimes you do need to pay, sometimes not, but they have groups that are practicing uh, job interviews. I've heard of something called conversation exchange, but I don't personally know it. And I don't know that they would necessarily specialize in job interviews, but that might be worth exploring if if your budget is limited. Um, So practice is one of the biggest things. Learn how to answer the two most difficult questions. The first one is the one that everybody asks in an interview and everybody dreads. And it's the the, sort of introduction question. Tell me about yourself. So sometimes they ask it in a slightly different way, uh, but basically they want an introduction to yourself. So preparing for that question, it's really good if you have a really solid sense of, of what you'd like to say for that. Not memorized, very important that it not be word for word memorized or you won't sound truthful or genuine or authentic but do prepare for that the other question is about weaknesses it's usually asked in an interview if there's time again they may not actually use the word weaknesses they might say something like you know so if you had to take a course or get a coach for something what would it what area would it be in or they might say what would you like to develop further in terms of your skills and your your management abilities or maybe it's not a management position but the idea of what would you like to develop further, but they're getting at, they want to know if you are aware of, of the areas in which you're not as good and, and that you need to work on perhaps. Just to summarize quickly there, pre- preparation is everything. 
Um, if you don't prepare beforehand, things are not as likely to go your way. Not only preparing speaking points, but your LinkedIn profile, making sure that your social media is up to date, that it looks professional, that you look like someone that they want to hire. Yeah, that's 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 exactly right, Patrick. I agree. Um, I forgot to mention also, um, make sure uh, that your your visual presentation is good, assuming that it's going to be on video or if it's in person. I I hate to say this, but it's huge. Presentation, the person's presentation is actually really important. And by that, I mean their appearance, basically. Do are they dressed professionally? Basically, that's that's pretty much it for the in-person type but for a video type of interview or maybe sometimes you're self-employed and it's more a client meeting uh you're where you're pitching yourself for a video you need to make sure that you have really good lighting in front of you must be in front of you whether it's a ring light or a window is wonderful if you can be sitting in front of a window that's one thing the second thing is make sure that your camera is as close as possible to eye level, your eye level, so that when you're speaking with the interviewer, you can make an actual sort of almost eye contact. And that's hugely important in especially North American business culture, actually any any English business culture, that's that's really important. And then of course, I'm sure everybody knows, make sure that your background looks very professional, either very simple, almost nothing in the background, or professional in terms of the furnishings look you know not don't do it in a bedroom obviously or not that they can tell it's in a bedroom and so on so I wish this sort of visual thing didn't matter as much but unfortunately it does folks this is just a quick message to remind you to subscribe to the accent training podcast if you haven't already you don't want to miss a second of this accent training experience and you want to be updated whenever I've got new content out for you. So if you haven't subscribed, hit subscribe now. Well, it says quite a bit about ourselves though, right? I mean, the way that you present yourself in an interview, it, uh, it is very important. Like these are the people that are going to be paying Mm. you to do a job. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And, and it depends on the job, how important that will end up being once you're in the job. Not every job involves looking great, but certainly in the interview itself, do you want them sort of, even if it's unconscious, you want them to have a first impression of you as kind of a, you know, together professional uh, person who knows how to, how to look professional, basically, how to look serious about their job. Keep that in mind, folks. It's it's not only about what you say, but it's also about how you present yourself. I'd recommend getting a haircut. I mean, yeah, get a haircut. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Even a couple days before the interview, get a mm-hmm. haircut. And something that I learned before is uh, is don't shower immediately. If you have an interview, uh, you know, over the computer, don't shower immediately before it because it makes you look like you're really sweaty in the camera. That's a good point. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. I had actually, it was a commercial for Cambly, this online service that uh, I was making with another, some English speaking influencer, English influencing teacher type person Mm -hmm. online. 
And yeah, I had a shower right before it. And so for the thing, like I watched the the ad afterwards and I just look like a really sweaty person. Like I, <laughs> it looks terrible. So, oh, that's funny, Patrick. Yeah. So yeah. you learned that through experience. Yeah, ab- yeah. exactly. I learned that yeah. my, my background didn't look nice. There were so many things that I could have done better, but that's it. You live yeah. and learn. Yeah. So, well, so far, though, I like the tips that you're giving. And I'd actually, let's just jump to that question of of how can we approach that question of what are your greatest weaknesses? Because you did mm-hmm. mention, I like what you mentioned there. It's just about what would you like to improve in? Mm-hmm. They may ask this question differently. Like, you know, if you were to take a course, what would you like it to be? Or something like that. How mm-hmm. would you like to see improvement? Yeah. And so... Is there kind of a structure that we can use to approach this question without memorizing a script? Because you've also said that's a terrible sin. We shouldn't memorize. Yeah, if it sounds memorized, certainly. It's okay to have points, especially if you're on video, but just make sure you're not looking at them too often because the eye eye contact and the eye line, as we say, is, is so important. People who are not native English speakers have a beautiful gift when it comes to this question, because there is an answer which is true. It's not overly serious for the interviewer. It won't scare the interviewer at all. And it's straightforward. It's something that the interviewer really would already know. And that is the answer. I need to work on my English. You see, because it's, it is something that is important for any job, obviously, that's, that involves an English interview. And it's true because if you're an English language learner, you always need to work on your English. In fact, some native English speakers should work on their English. You, you kind of have a built-in wonderful answer to that question. And it's not a scary thing for most jobs. The, the job, the interviewer will not be too put off by that unless it's a super communication oriented kind of a job. Usually, if they're already advertising and they're looking at you as a non-native English speaker, chances are they're open to that idea. It's not going to scare them off, usually. And if it does, if it is a concern for them, well, that tells you that maybe it's not the best job for you yet. You still do need to improve your English a bit more. But usually, it's a really good answer. It shows self-awareness as well. It shows that you know that about yourself. They know, the interviewer knows that you know that your English isn't as good as it could be, whichever level you're at. So it they don't have to wonder, hmm, does she know that um, her English needs a bit more work? I wonder if she even knows that. Hmm. You know, you're you're kind of putting them at ease in that sense, letting them know that you know you need to work on it. It's not a deep flaw. It's it's relatively simple to fix. It's not like, you know, you're too difficult with your employees or something, not that you would ever say it that way with your team, if you're too hard on your team, or if you're sometimes uh, obsessive about detail, it's not a really serious weakness uh, or personality thing. It's something that you can work on. And you can say as you're wrapping up your answer, Uh, And I am working on this because I know I need to work on it. I think the better my English is, the better a job I can do with any organization. And you can say, I am working on this through X, Y, and Z. 
So, you know, if you're involved in a conversation platform like Cambly or I think some of the other ones, the famous ones, I don't know them all. Or if you're working on it on your own, that's also fine. You can say that. You can say, I I put aside, you know, one hour a week to study English. Whatever you are doing to work on your English, you can kind of wrap up that answer on a positive note by saying that, you know, you you need work. Uh, Talk about why you know you need to work more on your English and then finish that answer with here's what I'm doing to improve my English. In in my experience, the weaknesses question usually comes a bit later in the interview and often the interviewer might be running out of time. So usually they won't have time to ask for more weaknesses, maybe the slight majority of the time, but sometimes they will. So you should be prepared with a second weakness, so-called weakness, in case they say, okay, that's interesting. Thank you. That That's a good point. Glad you, you're you working on that. Um, tell me about another one that's, you know, more specific to your job or whatever. So you should have a second one prepared. And same principle, though, in terms of the way you frame it, frame it in a way that you know, you're aware of it, you've been learning about it, you've been working on it. So end on that positive note. Here's how I'm working on it. Um, That's like, whoa, a, a way better answer than I've ever given any student when they've <laughs> asked me that question. I've had many people ask me that question. And I just, I, I just come up with, you know, well, here's how I would answer that. And then we yeah. just make a couple practice things. But really, why overcomplicate it? You know, why make everything so specific? Just, hey, give a general one. Show I'm aware of right now, the skill that I'm using right now is not perfect and I can improve it. Just right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and then, yeah, like you said, quickly say, here are the steps that I'm taking to make that happen. And then have handy a more professional specific skill that is uh, also going to show that, you know, you're aware of what you're lacking professionally, Mm -hmm. but that's a nice freebie like that, you know, using that right there. It's a nice, easy answer. (laughs) Literally everybody listening right now can use that. Absolutely. You're very, in a way you're fortunate because it's, it's a perfect answer if you only need to provide one thing. Yeah, absolutely. You're kind of taking that disadvantage and, and well, using it to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, One other little thing I should say, Patrick, if your English isn't too strong, um, say if you're intermediate level, unless you're advanced, even if you're advanced, run your answer by uh, practice it with, with someone who does have strong English. Because, uh, for example, recently I was working with somebody and she was practicing for this question. And so she was very honest with me and she had something prepared. And, she, we, you know, we, are, we talked about the answer that you can use regarding your English, improving your English. But then beyond that, she said, well, sometimes I'm, I'm abrasive with people. And although I knew what she meant, I thought, ooh, don't say the word abrasive. Sometimes certain words that you've learned in school or in your official English studies, they will have a sort of an almost emotional tone um, to a native English speaker. So for example, this word abrasive is really, really negative. So if, if an interviewer hears that word, 
they might get more worried about it than they need to be. Maybe what you're saying is, uh, I expect a lot from my my employ my team or my colleagues. Uh, so sometimes I think maybe I push a little bit too much for the kind of high standard that I'm looking for. Something like that. Find a way to frame it in a more neutral way. Still being honest, you you know, it's still a problem, but be very careful about the adjectives that you use. Don't get too fancy when you're trying to describe it. Use fairly simple language, unless you're certain that the the fancier language and adjectives and so on that you're using, you know, will be okay for a native English person. If they try to overcomplicate it as well, trying to use, you know, words that they've learned in school or just a word that they came across that they really liked, they just may not have the confidence with it that they would have if they were to just describe it using more basic vocabulary. And yes, mm-hmm. and this is all about having crystal clear communication. And if there's a lack of confidence, plus you're using a word that sounds kind of negative, paints you in a negative light, it's not going to be good for your, it can't help your results. At the very least, it may not always hurt your results, but it definitely isn't going to help them. I like that. That's very good. So keep it simple. Don't memorize a script. Just think of the basic vocabulary that's going to help you answer each question. But that's all the preparation it's going to take. And so I see that we're running a little short on time because we're using Zoom and and I haven't bought a membership on Zoom, but I've got a question for you here. So I have a question about nutrition because you see, I love cooking and I, oh oh yeah, that's a, a hobby that I absolutely adore. And I always like just throwing in tiny little nutritional tips about smoothies or or cucumber water stuff like that to my listeners yeah do you have any advice regarding the breakfast that somebody should have on the day of an interview is there anything that you think is going to help you know maybe wake up and feel good going into it any any thoughts on uh nutrition I love this question, Patrick. It's brilliant. It's it's uh, quite unexpected for me. I don't think I've never thought about this, but okay. Uh, just off the top of my head, spontaneously, my thoughts would be don't have too much coffee so that you won't be even more nervous than is natural for uh, an interview. Maybe don't eat anything that would make you uh, your stomach uh, act up a bit. You don't want to be burping or something. You want to be comfortable. So maybe don't overfill yourself volume wise. Certainly, I guess the usual uh, things about maybe not too much sugar so that you don't have a sort of a sugar high and then a crash. High protein would be good. And make sure you have water beside you when you're when you're doing your interview so that because uh, often our throat gets dry when we're a bit nervous. Another thing it makes me think of is after the interview, try to be really nice to yourself. And that could include nutrition because interviews are tough. They're scary. They're for everybody. Um, maybe not scary, but they, you know, they, they require a lot of emotional energy and good on you for, for uh, getting, preparing for that interview, preparing your resume and then getting the interview and doing it. And you almost never feel like it was a perfect interview. Uh, you might feel that it didn't go very well. That's not uncommon. So you need to be really nice to yourself after. Do something that really makes you 
feel good, something self-care. And that could include food. Maybe you'd have something that you really really enjoy afterwards, um, you know, a limited amount even of a treat, uh, maybe a nice dessert after or uh, something that really that you enjoy and it makes you feel good after. Kind of treat yourself in a few different ways. And maybe that's one of the ways is through food. I've, I've never even thought of that, Patrick. But yeah, that's, that's uh, an interesting um, link there between food and in this case interviews, uh, difficult, uh, difficult sorts of uh, performance anxiety situations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you have a lot of hash browns for breakfast, something real greasy and, and you get heartburn going into an interview, you're not right. going to feel as good as if you had had uh, a, you know, a little peanut butter sandwich or something, something. Yeah, yeah. I've heard in the mornings you want to eat something that's high in fat because your brain needs those fats to function properly. And so peanuts or beef, like beef that's high in fat, possibly even bacon could be good. Hmm. And then again, you may have heartburn problems. At least I get heartburn from everything these days. Oh, Joe. But well, I'm in Mexico. That's uh, whatever. (laughs) That's how it is. (laughs) Related to heartburn. (laughs) It is. Oh my God. Yeah. But the breakfasts are amazing here. Are they? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Imagine. That's well, a good point though, Patrick. You know, if, if your interview is in the morning uh, and, and of course, if it's later in the day, similar principles, make sure that a few hours before that you do get some, some good calories, um, but maybe not too much sugar and be careful of the coffee. That's probably a big one. Careful about coffee be drinking water through the day so that your throat's in a good condition to be speaking for a while I think everybody's been there at that with the coffee I think at some point where you have one coffee and you say to yourself whoa I feel really good I'm gonna go for a second (laughs) and then you're like worrying about everything your hands are shaking and you're Uh checking what you know how little money you have in the bank and everything's (laughs) freaking you out it spirals That's, downwards yeah real quickly with that second coffee yeah. or sometimes third coffee but well this uh this pretty well brings us to wrapping things up for today do you have any final pieces of advice to wrap things up with that uh, you'd like to share our listeners here you know my b- biggest piece of advice is be kind to yourself about this because you know and make your expectations realistic. It's really common to have to do many interviews before you get the job. That's the usual kind of scenario. And every interview you do, even if it's it didn't go very well, you learn things that you can apply next time. And if you stay in touch with the person who interviewed you, they might very well bring you back another time when they have a different position open. You know, only one person can be the successful candidate. And of course, there's usually many, many candidates. So don't feel badly if you're not that one person out of however many. There will be one that you'll get. And uh, so be kind to yourself. Expect it. Be realistic and uh, be really good to yourself after the interview, especially. Thank you very much. I hope that people who are listening to this right now go into their next interview with confidence. If you don't get it this time, don't worry. You will have another opportunity. Don't burn those bridges. Just, you know, don't storm out of the interview just because you feel that it went poorly. Yeah. You know, keep a smile on, shake everyone's hand and uh, and keep in good contact to, to call them back later. Yeah. 
Well, thank you very much for your time today, Miss D. Thank you, Patrick. That was really interesting. And boy, you're, you're an excellent interviewer. I mean thank that. Thank you very much. I'm not just saying it because it's a podcast. <laughs>